Today's episode of Content Academy is brought to you by Content Academy Shirts. Now, we've got a variety of Content Academy shirts. We've got the Christmas Weed t-shirt. That's a big seller. We've you want got, to get on that. Uh, out. Keep Calm and What's Up. One of my favorites. I'm wearing it right now. Yep. Uh, the Netflix A Stand shirt. It's got the uh, kind of like outline of the fake country Netflix A Stand. Yeah. Because uh, that was a joke in one episode. And it's uh, shaped like an N. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, and it says Which, Netflix yeah, A Stand figures. with the Netflix font. Uh-huh. Uh, we got the Puzzle Alley thinking caps with the uh, like Sherlock Holmes profile right. outline. They have bubble little... bubble pipe. Yeah, and the shepherd hat. Uh, it's got we've got a shirt where it's like who's that Pokemon? You know where it shows the shadow of a Pokemon. Yeah, but it's oh. like it's Benadryl. Right. Like wait, is that a Pokemon? No, it's not. It's Benadryl. Oh, that's, a, that's a twenty-five milligram pill of Benadryl. Yeah, we've got uh, a shirt that says Turbo Mode On. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little on I switch. Like that one. And we've got keep calm, drink ginger ale, and lie down. Yep. <laughs> See, now that's actually good advice. The first COVID vaccine. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got in the warehouse? Um, we have uh, life life size. It's a, a life size uh-huh. uh, replica uh-huh. of Groot's Lang. Oh yeah pretty big it's very it's inflatable very big. though yeah yeah we've got the joshie's corner uh town map floor thing right oh yeah the play mat the play mat yeah, yeah jo- joshie's town, corner the play, mat. play mat you put it down it's in the corner of it. yep and it has different locations from the show yeah uh let's see what else we got there that may be it georgia yeah. what do we have in the well, Content Academy stress balls. Yeah. Content Academy ballpoint pens. Uh huh. Yeah. Pretty much just everything they left us put their name on, put our name on. You Pretty know, much. We were able to do. Content yeah. Academy CBD oil. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so make sure that you get your hands on those. Go to contentacademy.com. Dot biz, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's something. I think dot, it's dot com. Dot biz. Dot content. <laughs> content.academy content.academy.biz nope. yeah. get those forward slashes out of here it's only periods yeah uh, well it's Tuesday again that means it's time to get the content crew together for another 45 of edutainment broadcasting from the content academy mobile command center is Josh Yo. and calling in from our house is Georgia oh did we lose Georgia? Keeping us wa- no she's just nope. keeping us waiting I just said what's up oh it cut out it's alright Aww. Can you, you give, us, again? You give us one that? clean? What? Give us a clean one. What's up? So we, okay, got that it. works. Got <laughs> got it. It. That's a good <laughs> Alright, well, we've got a few news items to talk about this week. What do you say we get into some headlines before we... What do you think? Let's, let's crack open some headlines. <laughs> yeah. We've got... All now right. this week, if you listen... What was that, Georgia? Oh, no, I'm just ready to crack open some headlines, some okay, headline so seltzers, and save some rivers. If you could just say something slightly different than what I already <laughs> said. Maybe, here, I'll... Yeah, I added the saving rivers part. Yeah, she did. She did add something. But you did say, still said exactly what I said. So maybe well, she was taking what you said and running with it. God damn it. 
Yeah. Maybe just in the future, maybe just do like, because I'm going to keep doing the crack open the headlines. <laughs> so maybe next time you could do like unzip some Now headlines. I'm sensing some tension but here. What I going always on. say is I think yes. Yeah. You think, yeah, that is true. You usually say that. I think that we should just put to rest the tension between you two before we okay. continue with the just episode. Just let me have this, okay? <laughs> okay, have it. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, of course, if you listened to last week, you know that we're doing a new format called Content Court. Uh, so we're going to get on with that a little later. But first, we've got some news items to talk about. A massive New York City fire has destroyed a 19th century church. You guys hear about this? Mm-mm. Oh, no. Anyway, time to build a new 7-Eleven. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Is that it was a 19th century church? Yeah. Wow. Um... A space company owned by Jeff Bezos called Blue Origin, which I actually didn't know about until yesterday. Do you guys know about that? It's usually overshadowed by, te- by SpaceX stuff. Yeah. But, but is exist. anyone surprised? Yeah. Nope. A space company owned nope. by Jeff Bezos called Blue Origin will take the first woman to the moon's surface, according to Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos. The, the astronaut in question will actually be an Amazon factory worker who is already used to regularly peeing in bottles and suffering panic attacks at work. <laughs> oh my god. So there's not a lot of additional training that she'll have to go through. Right. Yeah. Uh, in other space news, astronauts aboard the International Space Station have harvested radishes grown on board. Radishes, huh? It's <laughs> the best you could think of. <laughs> radishes? Yeah, uh... It's not like a favorite vegetable. Maybe, maybe among anybody. Uh, something about radishes helps them grow in space easier. Maybe probably, yeah, probably. According to sources, <laughs> according to sources at IPO, a big chunk of Airbnb's revenue comes from illegal activities. The illegal activities in question: stealing money. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fauci says that it's going to be months before a COVID vaccine is approved for children. Sources say that this is because hospitals don't yet have enough cool little stickers to give out the big boys and girls who take the vaccine. <laughs> now, do you want Barbie or Power Rangers? <laughs> yeah. Jupiter and Saturn will come within 0.1 degrees of each other, forming the first visible double planet in 800 years. You guys hear about this? What? You know that you know what isn't a first in eight hundred years? Anybody giving a fuck? That one's stupid. What? Double I don't care planet. about that. You don't. You guys. I mean, they had to come up with the term "double planet." Yeah, I guess the you're planets right. are going to merge. They're going to fuse. Oh. <laughs> All right. It looks like we. There, got... there comes one mega superpowered planet. Yeah. That's better than the two of them. You know, on their own. Yeah. Together. None of the weaknesses. Exactly. So much more. None of the weaknesses. All of the strengths. Strength. I didn't need to yeah. do some more research on that because I'm not sure what 0.1 degrees means. Obviously, they're not going to be getting that close. They're just going to look close from here. Yeah, from our viewpoint. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and finally, what else we got here? I got one more headline. A company in New Zealand is testing a four-day work week. Whoa, awesome. Meanwhile, in the U.S., Many companies are testing a $9 work hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for this episode, we are continuing our content court format this week. We're going to be arguing the better genre of fiction and storytelling. On one side, we have Georgia arguing that sci-fi is the better genre. 
And mm-hmm. I am arguing that fantasy is better. Presiding mm-hmm. over the argument will be Josh. All uh, rise for so that his being said, honorable judge, Josh. Yes. Uh, so, Josh, I will allow you to take it from here. Thank you, Alex. Oh, God. And Nothing can stop him now. Say, no one can stop me from <laughs> cultivating a Southern judge persona not, this week. Doesn't even make any sense. Judges aren't Southern. Okay. Lawyers I'm, I'm not going to do it. Okay. All right. Um, there are Southern judges. Yeah, of course there are Southern judges. Yeah. Lawyers, maybe. That's why I told Alex. There are Southern judges. That. Allow me to ameliorate, ameliorate your concerns by not doing the Southern accent. Okay. Okay. Okay, uh, today we will be deciding whether fantasy is better than science fiction or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that, Alex, you should go first with your opening statement. Go ahead. The oh, floor is yours. You don't have any rules or anything? It's a free-for-all, maybe. <laughs> it's a free-for-all. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I kind of just, uh, I mean, you know. How. So you're going to be, uh... We'll if I may, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know how I be. This is already so much better than last week. <laughs> last week. It's already a lot better than last wow, week. Wow, just let, let the record show that Judge Josh is more lax in a court of law than he is in his playmat corner. <laughs> Go ahead. Watch yourself, That's... counselor. <laughs> that is true. I set That's a you good... up for that one. Yeah. You're yeah. Welcome. Huh. Okay. So are we counselors or are we lawyers? It's the same. Uh, yeah, I believe it's the same. Oh, okay. Well, I am arguing that fantasy is the superior genre over sci-fi because fantasy allows for more diverse storytelling. Fantasy is more relatable to audiences. And fantasy is more popular than sci-fi. That's my mm. opening statement. Short. Sure, Sticking with that, huh? Okay. Yep. All right. Georgia, your turn. You may make your opening statement. Of course. Uh, gentlemen and gentlemen. Take it away. Uh, science fiction. Whenever you're ready. Or uh, Judge Josh, may I address the jury? Yes, you may. Go ahead. Thank you. Science fiction, or sci-fi as it's commonly called, is a genre of speculative fiction that deals with the future, advanced technology, space, and exploration, among other things. Since sci-fi contains many Josh, genres, three-letter word for tennis shot. Term, sci-fi is often Love. fluid. Yes, got it. Go ahead. Are you done? <laughs> okay. I will do my best to represent the genre as a whole and the contributions it has made to the cultural zeitgeist and even to humanity itself. <clears throat> I believe the evidence I will present to this court will prove beyond a shadow of the doubt that sci-fi is the choice of the future. Yawn. Mm. All right. Now, before we get started, I would like to hash something out between the two of you. Okay. Star Wars has elements of fantasy and sci-fi. <gasps> so if either of you want to claim Star Wars for your side, make your case now. Do you have anything on that, Georgia? Um... I mean, I would We can leave say, it out if you want. We, can, nope. we don't have yeah, to address I, it at all if you don't use what it. What I so. would say is my argument would not be hurt by omitting Star Wars. Okay. Alex? That's right. It's that strong. <laughs> well, neither would mine. However, I do uh, 
have something to, to discuss when it comes to placing Star Wars in a particular genre, if you will allow me. Okay. So I'm going to kind of help us both out and establish what defines fantasy, what defines sci-fi, so we can kind of, as a, as a, as counselors, as a judge, as a jury, understand where the difference lies. Okay, you can do that, but if you, Georgia has to agree to the definition of sci-fi. Sure, okay. Fair enough. So let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about what defines fantasy. Uh, There are three key factors that I see defining both fantasy and sci-fi. And the fantasy factors, key factors are as follows. World building. Oftentimes, uh, many times, authors of the fantasy genre, genre, excuse me, will develop complex histories uh, to their worlds that their fantasy stories take place in. This often includes cultures, languages that they've come up with, complex histories, wars, different historical events that are all fictional within this fantastical world. Uh, The second key factor of the fantasy genre is magic. Things that can't be explained by science. Uh, And to kind of add to that, the third key factor is a supernatural differentiation from our world. There are things that happen in the fantasy genre that make no sense whatsoever. It's all magic. Uh, And this key factor will be illuminated by one of the sci-fi key factors, which I will talk about in a second. So what defines sci-fi? The first key factor that I think of when I think of sci-fi is predictions about the future of humanity. Oftentimes sci-fi will discuss this is what could happen in the future of our world, the world that we live in. The second key factor is exploration of philosophical ideas oftentimes set to their extremes. And this kind of ties into the first key factor. And the final key factor for sci-fi is at least somewhat of a plausibility of the technology that exists. Uh, Objection, your honor. Alex just listed all of my exhibits. (laughs) (laughs) Did he really? Are are they very similar? So you agree with him? (laughs) Well, yes. but Do you have anything to add to what he just described? Uh, That sci-fi, like how sci-fi is defined? Well, I'm yeah. not done just yet. Well, yeah. if you had listened to my opening statement, <laughs> sci-fi is a speculative fiction genre that usually deals with the future, She's just doing technology, it again. space, and exploration. Okay. So I agree with the, the two things about fantasy, magic, and uh, what was the other one? Supernatural world, world building. Yep. But world building is existent in a lot of sci-fi as well. Because if it takes place in the future, like a lot of things have happened between time you're moving you're viewing or reading whatever the source is, the media is and what's taking place. So I think they both have world building involved. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's a point. To say. So a lot of sci-fi is just a completely made up world also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so like if you'll... magic versus like advanced technology. Yeah. Uh, I think that treads a lot of the same water. Well, if you'll allow me uh, to kind of continue on here, I have a few more things to add. We're still oh. kind of in the generalizations here. So yeah, I don't really see much of a... It won't really matter, I think, if we kind of tread the same ground here. So go Mm -hmm. ahead, Alex. Okay. I think the key defining factor between the two is 
uh, that supernatural differentiation differentiation from our world. So fantasy involves magic, uh, things that require no explanation other than magic. Uh-huh. Sci-fi at least has the technology is somewhat grounded in what we have today. So this is mm-hmm. like a future version of something we have today. It's not just mm-hmm. casting spells that can do whatever. Uh, and because of these key factors, I would consider works of fiction like Star Wars or Dune. Uh, while sharing some qualities of both, being firmly placed in the fantasy genre. Uh, and I could see comic book movies, superhero movies, while also sharing qualities of both. Um, because of their inherent implausibility, being placed under the fantasy genre rather than the sci-fi genre. Okay. I mean, think about think about take Star Wars for example. In Star Wars, there's nothing discussing the uh, future of mankind. There aren't any philosophical questions. There isn't even technology that's really recognizable as technology existing in our world. It's just pure imaginative storytelling it even takes place in the past i think i see what you're saying but there is technology in star wars so we Mm. can't entirely we can't place it entirely in fantasy it still will have some sci-fi elements to it well there's technology in lord of the rings i mean there are wheels spaceships yeah but they also have magic (laughs) see i think if i if i may judge josh which is is kind of hard to say um (laughs) Please do I not call like me JJ. Do not call me JJ. Okay, well, they're going to, but um, I would like to say that, I mean, sci-fi is mostly dealing with future events. Fantasy is largely dealing with an alternate past. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I think focusing on the future and ramifications of current, mm-hmm. and extrapolations of current trends is a big yeah, part of sci-fi. Exactly. Well. So mm-hmm. Versus you... fantasy is setting in, in a different world entirely. Yes. Yeah. So are you willing or New to con- Zealand. Or New or Zealand. Zealand. <laughs> yeah. So are you willing to concede the likes of Star Wars and Dune to the fantasy realm of genres? Uh, of no, but I am agreeing that we can just uh, remove them from our from court proceedings today. Remove? I don't I don't think either of you really need them one way or the other. I, don't. Can, I would like them. You can <laughs> you can discuss the bad. elements of them as pertain to your arguments, but you don't need to claim them. Okay, uh, Alex, let's move on to, do you have any exhibits? I have evidence that supports evidence? my claim. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Well, I can expand on the three things that I talked about. Uh, like I said, I believe that fantasy allows for my more diverse storytelling because writers aren't locked behind what is somewhat plausible in our world. The use of magic and storytelling allows writers use their imaginations to create fantastic and compelling narratives that sci-fi doesn't allow doesn't allow for furthermore i believe that fantasy is more relatable to audiences because your imagination doesn't follow the strict rules put into place by sci-fi when you're a kid playing with your friends you don't imagine your pretend world having rigorous detail backed by science-based research you don't make up storylines as a kid pretending exploring human psychology and ethical dilemmas more often than not you're just going on a quest to slay a dragon audiences understand this which is why there's no sci-fi franchise that can ever hope to reach the popularity of franchises like lord of the rings 
Star Wars, World of Warcraft, or the Avengers. Arguably the most popular traditional sci-fi franchise, Star Trek, is commonly criticized as being boring. Fantasy is more popular with audiences and has Trekkies, been. don't click on subscribe. Don't click on subscribe. <laughs> Fantasy is more popular with audiences and has been since people started telling stories. The earliest forms of storytelling were about mythical creatures, pantheons of gods, and imaginative explanations about how the world works. This popularity has remained with audiences today as only a narrow demographic will ever enjoy hard sci-fi like Star Trek. The most popular MMO game and possibly in the running for most popular game right now, World of Warcraft, has a very traditional fantasy setting and there are no sci-fi games that share a comparable level of popularity. Because of those three main reasons, I believe that fantasy is a more compelling form of storytelling. I believe it's more popular. And I believe at least more effective storytelling as well. Thank you, Josh. Josh. Okay. <laughs> Interesting statements from Counselor Alex. Mm -hmm. Georgia, would you like to cross-examine Alex? I would, if it would please the court. Okay. Um, so, on the first point you made there, Alex, that uh, fantasy has more diverse storytelling. Um, I really feel that is very subjective since sci-fi covers a very broad range with many subgenres. And as we kind of touched on earlier, yes, sometimes each genre does kind of cross paths or kind of have one foot in the other uh, in one genre and another in another genre, crossing the sci-fi and fantasy. But I'm talking space operas, cyberpunk, post-apocalyptic, uh, horror, uh, I mean, there's, I, I don't think you can say it's just more diverse storytelling just because you're putting a, a fantasy backdrop behind it. Because it's still, both um, genres, if I may, have a lot of diverse opportunities. So I don't think you can just claim that in the fantasy camp. So that's my I, I would like to point out that mm -hmm. fantasy do have point guy with pointy ear. Yeah. But sci-fi do have alien. That's a good point. As I was just Damn. about to make my point, you have aliens, and you can really just kind of do whatever you want with aliens. So Now, um, before you go on, I, yes. I agree with the general gist of what you're saying there, but that doesn't show that sci-fi is better than fantasy in turn. It just shows that they're basically even. Well, she's trying to take away yeah, one of my key factors. Okay, but just, just keep in mind point. that you're not. that's not a point in your favor. That's just kind of evening it out. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, are you done, Georgia? Back to nil versus nil. Yep. I uh, I would argue that the lines are very much drawn in the sand uh, between the two genres. Uh, and furthermore, I believe that fantasy is a more wide-reaching genre than sci-fi. I think that the only thing defining sci-fi, when it all comes down to it, is whether or not the property questions, begs those questions, those uh, psychological questions, those ethical questions about the future of humanity taking what's going on now and extrapolating it to its extreme. I think a property begging those questions makes it sci-fi at its core. And I think the only thing 
involving defining fantasy rather is its inherent implausibility uh its sense of imagination and simply it being fun rather than cold and hard and scary at times so alex is making the claim from what i can tell that all sci-fi is inherently speculative fiction uh i would say this is broadly true but not always as in the case of like Mm -hmm. star wars if we consider that sci-fi it's more just an adventure story uh or but so if you if you don't consider that sci-fi then that doesn't really count i guess but Mm -hmm. apart from that you have like guardians of the galaxy that is clearly a sci-fi story it has aliens and spaceships Mm -hmm. I would contest that simply because something takes place in somewhat of a sci-fi setting, which I could see you make a, make a point for, uh, superhero movies are still fantasy because of their inherent implausibility. They well, if I may, basically involve uh, magic. Alex and Judge Josh, I would like to move on with the rest of my cross-examination before we go too, much, too far down a rabbit hole so that I can present the rest of my case as well. She doesn't just, know how to argue her point, so she wanted, wants to move on. I just wanted to say <laughs> not all sci-fi is speculative fiction. Mm-hmm. But go ahead, Georgia. Okay. Um, so, and actually what we were talking about, uh, dovetails, if you will, into... Yes! Next she said the point thing. On Alex. <laughs> yes. So, Alex said fantasy is more rela- relatable... Uh, Alex, I would argue that sci-fi is actually more relatable because it deals with a near or alternate future. So it's actually dealing with realistic, albeit maybe improbable, uh, events that could happen. Something that could happen and not just made up magic stuff. Like, I'm never going to run into a dragon, but I could run into an alien. I don't know. (laughs) And then also, maybe you didn't have psychological dilemmas in your childhood storytelling, but uh, my Barbies sure did. So I'm just <laughs> shut that one down right now. Okay? And then your argument that fantasy is more popular, I would argue that superheroes are definitely in the sci-fi camp because, um, see, exhibit A, uh, Batman uses all of his technology, and then not to mention Tony Stark, who becomes Iron Man, thanks to all his fancy computers and stuff. So I think... Honestly, maybe uh, Josh, it'd be up to you. We might just have to throw out superheroes as well. I we think can. I think I can confidently make a ruling regarding superheroes, in that the I'll kind of walk you guys through this. What was the first superhero? Batman. Superman. Superman. <laughs> and what was Superman? What was Superman? an alien? An alien. Okay, an alien. Yes, who arrived on Earth uh-huh. in a spaceship? Spaceship. Right. From another planet. Planet. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will say that just because I <laughs> lost the last court case, <laughs> I don't think that should have any effect on this court case. And to say that all superhero fiction is sci-fi because the first superhero <laughs> had his origin had somewhat of a sci-fi setting <laughs> that is just blatantly unfair. No, you're well, right. Alex, Not all. Alex. Go ahead, Georgia. Oh, I was. I mean, we're just using court precedent, but you know. Not all. That's no. kind of what law is based off. Of Alex is correct. Out. Not all superheroes are sci-fi. I mean, you have uh, Doctor Strange. He uses magic. Okay, listen. Right. To say that anything involving technology is sci-fi 
saying that, you could place anything under the sci-fi umbrella. What I'm saying is there are key factors. There are key factors that define both genres, and those main key fact. The main key factor is one is inherently plausible, one is not plausible. Because of that, I think that superhero movies are all firmly under the fiction, the fantasy, excuse me, umbrella. Because they're not plausible. Because they involve <laughs> magic, superpowers. Mm. Just Wait, because Batman uses a car or a computer. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's a sci-fi story. Yeah, I wouldn't really put Batman in sci-fi, to be honest. Same with Tony Stark. Same, yeah, arguably Tony Stark as well. But I think if we have to pick a side, I think Superman is definitely sci-fi. Mm-hmm. He kind of deals with... He doesn't really... Most Superman stories aren't sci-fi stories, though. It's just like he's... Uh-huh. He's like a character from a sci-fi setting that yeah. just does fantasy stuff well to be fair the only go ahead georgia i I think in my argument it'll kind of become clear that that is perfectly acceptable in sci-fi okay let's just move on then okay uh alex did you have anything else to add i didn't want to talk over you well i'm trying to recall the cross-examination points that you made what was the point you made before we had this discussion about whether superheroes are sci-fi or fantasy uh, you said, oh yeah, you said uh, you claimed that sci-fi was more relatable than fantasy because uh, sci-fi involves things that could happen in the near future, correct? Yeah, a present, like an alternate present or near future. All right, so you're contesting that point yet. Maybe I'll ask the uh, my fellow counselor, Georgia, as well as the judge and jury. <laughs> Isn't the purest form of fiction and entertainment to escape from the rules and dilemmas of the world that you live in well that might be a very poignant question alex but i believe you it is still possible in the realms of sci-fi i think sci-fi and fantasy both have aspects of escapism yeah i don't think you can it's i mean it's up to you guys to argue whether that is makes it more appealing one way or the other for one mm-hmm. side more than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think either of you can lay exclusive claim to escapism or uh, strictly mm, real realism, I guess. Mm-hmm. Why can't I lay mm-hmm. exclusive claim to escapism? I mean, my <laughs> genre of storytelling involves inherent implausibility. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of sci-fi stories have... Fantasy, fantasy elements? Yeah. Okay, so I can... <laughs> Lay claim to it. But there's Give it sci-fi. To me. <laughs> no, like the fantasy of, uh, you know, being being a spaceship captain, exploring okay. new planets, meeting aliens. Uh huh. So all those are fantasy elements. No, they're escapist elements. There's a difference. Okay, Georgia, go ahead if you want to do your next cross examination point. Um, I just have one really quick point to make. Um, that Alex's. Uh, theory about uh, fantasy being more popular because of, uh, for example, the tradition of like having a pantheon of gods and there being folklore and world, you know, world history being taught orally that way for many cultures and having that whole thing. Um, that is very imaginative, and I really like that point. Uh, but I would also say that this could tie back to 
if you ever watch Ancient Aliens, a very sci-fi <laughs> point that those could all be ancient contact with space aliens. She's got I'm you just there. Gonna leave Alex. That there. I'm just gonna leave that there because nobody there. can prove that. So I just kind of want to let the jury simmer on that one. Let the record <laughs> show that once again Georgia is falsely conflating that simply because something involving space or technology gives her a point for sci-fi. Well, I just want to throw this uh, quote out there and see what you guys think of it. I believe it was Isaac Asimov who said, um, uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Thoughts. You know, speak on that if you could. Are you a judge? I guess we could just end this episode right now. <laughs> We're just going to go off what all Isaac said. I could just throw the whole case out. I mean, if not, if neither of you can convince me that one is better. Well, let it be known I haven't like presented any. Right. My Georgia ideas. is literally saying uh, spaceships. Is that anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying spaceships. That's sci-fi. Is that anything? Okay, moving on. She literally said Batman, is that anything? Georgia, go ahead with your uh, (laughs) exhibits. Great, thank you. All right, may I present to the court exhibit A, sci-fi explores what is possible. And I have a couple bits of evidence here. We're going to start with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, published in 1818, which begs the question, what would happen if the dead could come back to life? What happens to the creator and the newly undead? Or how about Fritz Lang's Metropolis in 1927, which was the first film depiction of humanoid robots, a possible precursor to Blade Runner, even. Have you ever watched that movie? Metropolis? Yeah. Yeah. Is it any good? Um, I mean, it was made in 1927, so, you know, it's a bit 1920s. But it's good. It's, uh, I think, compared to the flashiness that we're used to now, it feels pretty primitive. But it has a lot that rings true also. So it's interesting to watch. Okay. It's kind of one of those things, if I may, that when you watch it, you're like, and afterwards you find out it was made in 1927, you're like, huh. Fascinating. You know, you're just like, huh, that was 1927. Yeah, okay. Anyway. And then also, like, also sci-fi explores what is possible, not necessarily impossible or improbable, but... For example, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in 1979, which has the babble fish, which translates all languages for you. Now, that seems like it'd be impossible, right? But now, we're kind of getting into territory where real-time translation can occur through use of apps and things like that. I think that's something that could be in the very near future. Which leads me to my next exhibit B, uh, Sci-Fi Inspires Real-Life Innovation and has actually benefited the world and also warns of downfall. It kind of gives us a blueprint for what, how to navigate in the future. So scientific, uh, science fiction often predicts scientific and technological project, uh, progress. For example, uh, Georges Méliès' Le Voyage dans la Lune, came, which came out in 1902, <laughs> 67 years before man went to the moon, and only about 10 years after the invention of the movie camera, I'll also add. So this you know, predated man's uh, exploration of space. Uh, by several decades, which I think is is pretty fantastic. And then also Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, published in 1953. And there's also a movie version, which I believe came out in 
the 70s or 80s uh, actually predicts earbuds. Uh, Bradbury envisioned tiny, thimble-sized seashells that can transmit audio. So as we all know, that's now AirPods. actually a thing. Mm-hmm. And Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey in 1968 foreshadowed the invention of video calling technology like Skype or FaceTime. I uh, like the scene when Dr. Floyd calls his family from a space station while in orbit. And bonus, he also uses what appears to be a credit card, which credit cards were not in wide use at that time. And they are now. So oh, that's just that. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very interesting uh, how realistic some of the things are in that movie now. There's also, um, That movie also has some uh, monkeys in it. Right. It, it do. Thanks. Thanks yeah. to Josh. It yeah. does have monkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek is responsible for the literal inspiration of modern day cell phones. The show's pocket communicator literally inspired Motorola engineer Martin Cooper to design the first mobile phone in 1973. So I think that's pretty awesome, too, that sci-fi can literally uh, translate into real-life innovation. Your other, your other examples were mostly like uh, author points at Spaceship and says, I did that, so not good. But that the, the <laughs> Motorola example is pretty mm-hmm. convincing, I think. I like to look at it as more of uh, if someone as a child saw this depiction of man going to space or um, people having, you know, such and such technology in the future that can inspire that person to be an astronaut, mm-hmm. you know, or something. It's, it's more of that inspiration of this is something that I could achieve, you know, or is possible. So that's how I view those, those first two points. And then I, I just thought the, uh, Star Trek actually inspiring the cell phone was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, my last exhibit, as sci-fi warns us of dystopia or human error or greed, um, kind of helps us put the world and these emerging technologies into perspective. Like uh, George Orwell's 1984, which was published in 1949, uh, shows a dystopian future. Or even Netflix's Black Mirror anthology series, which examines unintended consequences of modern or emerging technologies. Uh, many episodes reflect on the over-reliance of technology and the ramifications of this dependency. So you couldn't even, I think, point at sci-fi and say, okay, well, all of these things that is inspired um, can also be very damaging to us. Well, yeah, sci-fi also shows that, yes, these things can be very damaging to us if we're not careful. And that's, I think, part of the appeal of sci-fi also because sometimes people like to watch a train wreck or a car crash you can see how wrong things can go if we let them escape what they're meant to be that's all the exhibits i have your honor all right uh alex would you like to cross-examine nope no no i will concede that georgia made some great points about how yes sci-fi stories exist and yes they have predicted some things but uh and without kind of getting into my closing statement too much here, I remain confident that I have uh, argued that my successfully, I might add, argue that argue that my side uh, offers more compelling storytelling. I don't think I have to say much more. Hmm. Okay, uh, I guess we go to closing statements now. Uh, Alex, you have the floor. Well. 
like I just said, I think that I <laughs> have successfully now argued. Allow me. Allow me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I have successfully argued that fantasy, at the root of the argument, uh, allows for more effective storytelling. More. Uh, how did we put this? Better storytelling, more compelling storytelling. I think that yes, it's true. Sci-fi, sci-fi entertainment can ask the questions: What will happen? What could happen? But I remain steadfast in my point that entertainment is more inherently entertaining when the properties can ask the question: What won't happen? Hmm. This is completely imagination. This is completely fun. This is complete escapism. And keeping that point in mind, I think that fantasy remains the more compelling form of storytelling. Thank you, Judge. So you're saying that just because the degree of freedom with fantasy is, is much higher, it has more potential? Yes, it's pure escapism and it's pure entertainment because of that. Okay. Uh, Georgia, go ahead with your closing statement, please. Of course. Well, it would be great to live in a fantasy world, like in Lord of the Rings or Avatar. Disagree. Uh, I don't want to be an ugly little troll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could be an elf, though. Josh has big elf energy. You could be an elf. That's true. Well, actually, hmm. I don't, hey, know. don't I answer I was... that. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying. Or the Avatar universe, either Nickelodeon or James Cameron. Um, <laughs> either one of those would be awesome. TBH and uh, Earthbenders rule. <clears throat> the truth is, we will never live in those universes. The closest I exactly. get is playing, admittedly, one of my favorite video games, Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. Yep. Now, I could and have played Skyrim all day, but that's <laughs> the closest I am ever going to get to actually being the dragonborn but when i play my other all-time favorite video game mass effect which i note downloaded two and three again last night so <laughs> super psyched to play the whole series again for the umpteenth time super psyched so you're playing them the base versions again before the remaster comes out yeah so i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> that's so okay. funny <laughs> Get it out of my system so I can start fresh. Anyway, see, when I play Mass Effect, part of me is like, that could be me. Mm. I can go to space one day as a commander, a, a commander, and discover new planets and make friends with aliens. And if not me, then some other little girl or boy could grow up and do that. Sci-fi is more important because it tells us where we're going for better or worse and gives us the template for how to get there or prevent our, our doing. And I believe it allows for escapism, escapism as well. I mean, just in video games alone, you have like Bioshock, Portal, Halo, Deus Ex, Fallout, Mass Effect. These are all forms of excellent escapism. So I don't know if that could solely be claimed by the fantasy camp, but I think ultimately sci-fi has a little bit more importance it can bring to the table. Hmm. Very convincing statements from both of you. Uh, 
I would now, just... do we do? Uh, we're gonna have a recess before the You're right. Break. Okay. Just yeah. Sure. <laughs> I do just want to get a little bit more info from both of you. What do you guys both think of the idea that we are currently living in basically a sci-fi setting, present day? I can. Are you talking about sure. like is the world a simulation argument? No, I mean like just the level of technology we have today is basically equivalent to a sci-fi setting to someone who lived any number of years ago. I mean, I think that it is. Yeah. Yes, and I think in that a lot of ways that strengthens my case because it makes sci-fi properties all the more undane and uninteresting. So, Alex, do you think that a hundred years from now, people will still be reading? Uh, books about little dwarves? Yes. Obviously, just as they did a hundred years ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, Do you think so they'll still be reading books about flying cars? So, <clears throat> yeah, there's yeah. that. <laughs> okay. Um, great statements and arguments from both of you. This is a really hard decision. I don't know actually what I'm going to decide. I'm still waiting. See, it's hard, right? It's hard. I think it's very easy, actually. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, we're going to take a short <laughs> recess, and we'll be back. Right now, I think we have a puzzle? We do Well, we? we can do your... Uh... Do we have a puzzle, or do we have my thing? We have your thing. Okay. Since you're Either the judge. You. I'll do me. Um, this is... Welcome once again. Do you have the song? Josh's Corner? Yeah. I don't have it set up right now. I'll have okay. it later. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I didn't post. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's been a minute before since we did a, a corner. Yeah. Since I did a corner, I guess. Um, so kind of to just get back into the swing of things, I just did, um, and this is maybe even a mm -hmm. new sub-segment of Josh's Corner, which is fun facts. Okay. I love and it. And these are, I'm not going to lie, I was a little... Uh, strapped for time. I did these late last night when I was very tired and sleepy. And some of Sorry. them, I haven't really looked at them since. Okay. Um, I hope, hopefully they make sense. Again, I was very sleepy. When Let's I crack these. open some fun facts. Hey, I like that. <laughs> and may I just may say... Have, that... like a crack open, like cracking open that can. Yeah. Down. Yeah. And oh. may I just say... May I just say yeah, you're... May I just say you're a great judge. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually have something for you. Right? <laughs> okay. See that? Wow, bribery. <laughs> now don't worry about saving the wrapping paper on this one. <laughs> Why? Saving the wrapping Do people actually do that? And Debbie. Oh, yeah. She's right. Are you going to open it or what? Okay. Let me just open this real quick. Uh -huh. Russell, 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 Russell. Uh, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, wow, you really didn't have to do this. Yeah. It's uh, a $300. It's $300, Georgia. It's, just, it's, it's $300. It's literally $300. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I just saw it and I thought... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Don't. Anyway. Okay. Whatever. Uh, I, oh, we're recording? So <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on with this. Okay. Fun facts with Josh. Uh, this is just a list of facts. Fun fact number one. Squirrels can talk, but simply choose not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I could see that. Fun fact number two. In the time it takes for the sun to revolve around the earth, the, Amer the average American eats 432 tubs of potato salad. Huh. Wow. 
I guess that's one of the things where, it, like, it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you eat however many spiders a year. Yeah. Kind of the same, similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number three, the assassin bug is the most deadly of all the spiders. Uh, okay. Yeah. Only assassinates one kind of bug, but sure. Yeah. And it's not a spider. Number four. One time I was traveling alone and saw a man in a mushroom costume. That one's true. <laughs> Are the rest of these not true? Well, yeah, how be that as it may, I just wanted to point that out. That, that, that one's, one is true. A lot of them are true, but this one is also true. That, yeah, yeah exactly. that makes sense. They're all true, but this one's definitely yeah. true. Yeah. Next one. A spaghetti <laughs> should be the same length as two pencils. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. And that all, one kind of disappoints me. I think yeah. we can all agree with that. Yeah. Uh, next one. Pregnanting is the miracle of life. That's really, <laughs> it really is. You're yeah. very sleepy. <laughs> yeah. These are oh, making me sleepy, good. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, uh, fun fact number, I think, seven. Want to know what to do if a lion attacks you? What? Yeah. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> The circumference I of a... I'd love to know! <laughs> That's all I had ready for that. Yeah. Huh. The you got it, maybe you got attacked by a lion. <laughs> fun fact on that one. Okay, moving on. The circumference of a circle is equal to seven. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that... It makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. The legendary NBC sitcom Seinfeld originally aired on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sphinx would oh. look better with a little top hat. That's that's another one where <laughs> that's, that's objectively true. true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. Nose, take it or leave it. Top hat, gotta have it. Yeah. Nose uh, always falling off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next one. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. I did. <laughs> you, uh, all right. You, wait. The grammar on that one isn't you killed completely himself. clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of go two ways. Yeah. Thank you, though. Uh, next one. We should start calling movies pictures again. Yeah. Moving pictures? Or just pictures? Either way. Yeah, either way. I was going to say um, either either pictures or talkies. Yeah. Major like, motion pictures. Or, yeah, I like major motion pictures. Yeah. Pictures. Yeah. Uh, this next one. Uh, four egg yolks, one tablespoon lemon juice, one half cup of butter, <laughs> a pinch of cayenne, and a pinch of salt. And I, I believe that's a recipe for hollandaise sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, how did that okay. get in there? Okay. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, despite its name, the assassin bug is completely harmless. However, it's still the most deadly <laughs> spider. Yes. Uh, or not. I don't think it is. Yeah. It's not a spider. Yeah. No, it is a spider. It's not. It's just harmless. Okay. See, those two fun facts aren't mutually exclusive. No, not at all. The pinky is the least... Hold on, I think I got it figured out. (laughs) I think I got it figured out. It's completely harmless, making it the most deadly spider. However, because it's not a spider, spider, it is completely completely harmless. Okay, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, Okay, last one. Uh, no, I skipped one. Just kidding. The pinky is the least useful finger. You could probably lose it and basically be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one. Crawling on the floor like a slug is a great way to get the attention of the sales lady at Famous Footwear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? That's one way to I do, do like it. I like that yeah. one, yeah. All right. Wow, this has been good. Fun Facts with that Josh. Was good. I like that. 
Don't know if I'll ever do I that ever again, again but... Freeze of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I smell some t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Which fun fact would go on a t-shirt, would, would make for a good t-shirt? Probably pregnanting. Yeah, pregnant, keep common pregnanting on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the hollandaise recipe. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, time to make my verdict. Bang, bang on the gavel. Sci-fi uh, wins. What? <laughs> really? Ooh. Honestly, it's a toss-up, basically. Uh, I don't really think this verdict is binding in any way. Uh, you both made great arguments. Uh, fantasy is definitely more versatile, I think. Uh, but I think sci-fi is very versatile as well, and it has the, it has the aspect of it of, if not trying to tell the future, maybe explaining what a f what one future could be, that fantasy fun doing it. What? Having fun while doing <laughs> it. Having fun you know? while doing it. Yeah, fantasy yeah, doesn't really uh, attempt anything like that. It's just pure escapism, which is. Which is good in itself, but it's not like a, uh, it's it's not really a higher motive, I guess. So that's just that's just the opinion of this simple southern judge. Let the record show <laughs> that. Oh, that you're appealing. No, I'm not appealing. Uh, now remind me, Josh. <laughs> judge Josh. Yes. Uh, I seem to recall that you wrote a, oh, what was it, 200-page novel <laughs> a few years ago that I read a draft of. Uh-huh. Now, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> what, was, what was it about? What genre could you place that novel under? I don't really uh, see where we're going with this because it was a fantasy, fantasy. novel. It was a fantasy novel, So yeah. if anything, that would bias me toward fantasy. Yeah, so... <laughs> so, so you like, do you want to change your verdict? <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're basically attempt, trying to convince me to remember that I'm biased? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. All right. I'm 0-2. Now, okay, I, sh I think next week we should let Alex be the judge, though. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Content Academy. And uh, do we want to give a little hint, Georgia, what next week's content court will be about? I don't know why you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, it's going to have to be. She's do playing with coy with yeah, us. I think she actually does, though. <laughs> I think it might <laughs> Assassin's bugs, are they spiders or not? <laughs> no, trust me. Okay, it makes sense. I'm on the spider if they're not. You take fun fact number four or whatever. Assassin's bugs, assassin bugs are the most dangerous spiders. Uh-huh. Of all the spiders. That fact doesn't make sense because they aren't spiders, they are bugs. So that fact equates to zero value basically. Hmm. Now, keeping that in mind, you take fun fact number 10 or whatever it was. Yes. Fun uh, assassin bugs are actually harmless. Uh -huh. Despite the name. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess it would make more sense if if that fact were assassin bugs as spiders. Assassin <laughs> bugs, being spiders, are completely <laughs> harmless. 
That would make both of them. That would reconcile <laughs> both of them. Maybe you'd have to argue that, wow. or or so, you guys could finish the unfinished fun fact of what to do if a lion attacks. Okay. What? Okay. What to do? <laughs> lion attack. Okay. So lion. Well, I, I just like that Josh accidentally worked in a puzzle alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a twofer. So lion. Okay. Walking through the jungle. Um, uh. Well. If you're, you're in the jungle. A lion's not gonna attack you, so you're safe. It's, nope. Uh. Uh. Always keep, objection. It's the king of the jungle. You just. Oh, <laughs> You just always keep uh, a, a pit of quicksand between you and the lion. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Uh. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us for another another episode, and we'll see you guys next week for another installment of Content Court. See ya. Bye.